I think we're good. We're G2G. G2G. Welcome to Conversations in Comfort And I'm Alex. Hi, Alex. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. It is a Sunday morning today. It is Sunday morning. So we are the closest we've ever, well, well no, no, I think we've done it on a Sunday before. We've done it on a Monday. We did? Yeah, we were psychos. Oh, psychos. Because it was a long weekend. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it is It is Sunday morning, and Sunday we've got rosé bubbles, mm-hmm. some uh, Dutch bros, bros, and bacon. And bacon. <laughs> <laughs> and some bread that I baked because I'm a domesticated. She's a domesticated cat. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, how was your birthday? It was good. Good. It was very relaxing. I didn't do a darn thing. Oh, wonderful. Which is always my goal on my mm-hmm. birthday. Um, Brian made a delicious dinner. Oh, yeah. Barbecued. It was a nice day. Nice birthday. barbecued steak. No. Honestly, the best piece of meat I've ever had. Oh. Like, oh, it's just... Mm. Just the melt, melt, like, melt in your mouth. Oh, my goodness. Ah, yeah, so no. good. Um, and then... Yeah, we just kind of watched the new, the Waco docuseries. Oh, you did? That's what I do on my birthday. Um, was it good? It was good. It was told from like a different perspective. Okay. Do we have any new thoughts, theories? Not really. Perspectives? I, I just, it was kind of told like from the perspective that the government was the bad guy. Okay. And David Koresh was just misunderstood. Interesting. Which was a very interesting take. Yeah. I'm like, yes, you know, the, the federal government, the feds, they messed up. Like, they did some <laughs> things, and they should not have done some things that they did. Yeah. But David Koresh wasn't that good of a guy. And cult leaders, you never really think of them as a great yeah. person. <laughs> but it was interesting. They had um, some of the guys that were actually, like, there from the FBI side. They had uh-huh. some of the um, children that uh-huh. were. That escapade. Escapade. That escapade. So, hmm. wonder it was what, interesting. what did they think the children? Oh, they like They're they on side. they were full on like we weren't doing anything wrong. We were just being peaceful. We weren't shooting. And then the FBI is like they were shooting at us. They shot first. They shot first. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I watched the preview yesterday. Is it just one or is it like, three? It's three. It's okay. three. But it's it's pretty good and. Yeah, and then, oh, we did watch um, this weekend a show called Shrinking. Okay. It's on Apple TV. Okay. And it is very good. What's it about? It's about this therapist. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Or like a group of therapists. Okay. Like a, that kind of an shrink. office of therapists, uh-huh, if okay. you will. It will. And one of them, like his wife dies, and mm-hmm. it's been like a year since his wife died, and it's just him like finally like going through. Wait. Is this Harrison Ford? It is. And Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yes. I've seen previews. So good. It's good. It's so good. <sighs> Harrison Ford, hilarious. Oh my god. I'll watch anything he's in. He's hilarious. Jason Siegel, hilarious. Obviously. Like every everyone in there is just it is okay. so good. I've seen previews for, previews for that. I don't have Apple TV, but maybe I'll get it for like a month because the new Ted Lasso is out too yes. which I need to watch yes but they they do it week by week for no. Lasso so you might want to wait until worst. it's all done I'm gonna have to wait 
I've noticed a lot of streaming services are either doing the week by week or, like or three at a time. They're, yeah, they're doing like in chunks. Uh-huh. I'm like, just give it to me all at once. I am a TV gremlin. Just I'm a gremlin. Give it to me all at once and let me be in my hovel in my new <laughs> sleeved blanket. Not a snuggie. Not a snuggie. Claire got me a sleeved blanket. I know. It's, it's got like a, inside sleeves. So you can wrap it around yourself. It's just, I don't know. It just seems really appealing. I hope. I hope I'm you all like for it. it. Like I, I am here for it. Super blanky LLC. And, <laughs> and you know what you can do? You can be blanketed, okay. and you can do your needlepoint <gasps> that I've been forcing my hobby onto you. Oh, so <laughs> and still have a blanket on. <laughs> I can have a blanket. I can needlepoint. <laughs> I can oh wear cat socks. You know what? <laughs> Happy birthday. I'm just embracing my old lady <laughs> lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, same. But yeah. No, it was good. It was, you know, that was pretty much birthday. And then we went to, on Friday, we went to Bellevue because Brian had to get his hair cut. And fancy boy. Fancy, fancy. And we went to, they opened a milk bar at Nordstrom. Of course they did. <laughs> now, if you remember Milk Bar, that is the cake we had for my birthday one year uh, that I not, brought over. You sit at a bar no, and it's, drink milk. It's not. It's not a <laughs> bar for that's catering to cats. <laughs> Although I'm in. I, I mean, I'm there. It's <laughs> more appealing. Um, yeah. No, it's it's the place where right, that, that red velvet cake. Good, yeah. They opened a little store there, uh-huh. and so you can buy like a piece of cake. Ooh, nice. So I got a piece of cake. I got like two pieces of cake because yeah. I was like, I didn't have cake on my birthday. So got you. I was like, why not? It was delicious. That was the highlight was getting, yeah. was honestly going there and getting cake. <laughs> <laughs> going all the way to Bellevue. It's good. It's worth I mean, it. Yeah. Worth I'm, it. Worth it. Mm-hmm. Well, what else is going on? Uh, let me, let me check. Do your little scroll. The, the tweet. Oh, oh no. What's going on? Um, what's happening? I was there and then I was lost. Um, oh, so there's a turtle. Like I was just saying, like we were just talking about before we turned on the microphones about turtles. Um, actually he's a tortoise. We weren't talking about turtles. Yes, we were. We're Turtle propaganda. Oh, yeah. That was well before. That was well before. Okay. Um, (laughs) so... You know, like we were just talking yeah, about it. Yeah, we were just talking about it. Um, a 90-year-old tortoise named Mr. Pickles. <laughs> okay. Just became a dad. Oh, Mr. Pickles. To three baby turtles. Mr. Pickles. Torti. Torti? Torti. Tortellini. Tortellinis. <laughs> to three baby tortellinis. <laughs> How young was his wife? I don't know. They did not mention his wife. They just mentioned <laughs> Mr. Pickles. Do you know what's crazy about turtles? Is there either a boy turtle or a girl turtle based on how warm or cool? The sand. They are in the egg. Yeah. That is bunk <laughs> science. <laughs> like, how does that make sense? I'm just going to say it. Turtle propaganda. <laughs> They don't even like straws. They don't even like straws. Um, oh, apparently Mrs. Pickles was 50 years old. 
So he's going for the younger ladies. Boy. But they they named the turtles. Gherkins? Yeah. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I just guessed that. (laughs) I I can't remember it. I don't want to like turn on the video to like listen to it. But I'm pretty sure one was named Dill. Okay. One was named Gherkin. (laughs) And then I can't remember the third one because it was so cute. I couldn't name another pickle. I can't either. Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles. (laughs) Pickles Jr. Tortoise. He's dad. <laughs> well, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov to Mr. Pickles. And he. this was the first time he's been a dad. Why? I don't know. Is he creepy? I don't know. Incel? He's the Lear, he's the Leonardo DiCaprio of Torti. <laughs> Just going for, going for the younger ladies. Oh, no. But yeah. 50. That's pretty old still. To Dill be Gherkin. And jalapeno. Jalapeno pickle? Well, jalapeno. Maybe it was a spicy tortellini. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. So, mazel to Mr. Pickle. Mazel tov, Mr. Pickle. Mr. and Mrs. And pickle. Mrs. Pickle. She did the hard work. She really did. She. <laughs> I don't know why Mr. Pickle's getting all the, I know, right? all the glory. Well, because he's old. That's true. Mrs. Pickle's still in her prime. She is. I mean, she's ready to go. <laughs> she's a gold digger, and I appreciate that about her. <laughs> In her 50s. <laughs> respect. Nothing but respect for Mrs. Pickles. I love Mrs. Pickles. Uh, and then I did see, sorry, it didn't move no. from Pickle I to, wish you would. Uh, <laughs> to uh, um, you know, something else. Mother of the Year, Lori oh, Vallow. Okay, what's the latest? Um, she, a judge has ruled that she will not face the death penalty. If she's convicted of murdering her children. Two of them. Yeah. And her brother. And, and who's the guy that Alex killed? Uh, the husband's Oh, yeah. Ex-wife. The husband's wife. Daybell. <sighs> nightmare. So, nightmare people. Well, great. But the big news was... Because was, you know. they're in Idaho, too, right? Mm-hmm. No, one was in... Um, Phoenix, right? I don't know. I can't remember. I thought they found the kids in Idaho. Oh, they found the kids in Idaho. I was talking about the um, brother and the oh um, ex-whatever, wife. I think yeah. that was in Arizona. My point is, Idaho's a death state. I mean, a death state? <laughs> yes, and? You know what I meant. <laughs> Death penalty state. It's a death. Also, people die there frequently. Frequently. I mean, <laughs> there's there's not much in Idaho. Idaho. I love there's Idaho. Potatoes. Potatoes. Gotta love Idaho for the potatoes and Coeur d'Alene. Coeur d'Alene is is beautiful. Like they also have that really fun. Um, it's like Wild Waves times mm-hmm. fifty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I forget what it's called. Uh, my friend Ashley went there last it year. Starts with an S. Silverwood. So yes, it was so fun. My friends used to go there all the time in college. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah, that was a that was a yes. September place to go because we'd catch it or they'd catch it like right at the end of the season uh-huh. because you know we'd come back at like at the end of August and yeah, still hot in Spokane. Hat hat. So a bunch of college kids descending on you know the <coughs> slide. Uh, water slides. Water slides. What can go wrong? And roller coasters. Oh, no, we had the best time. Water slides are 
Hands down my favorite thing. All I time. have not been to a water slide Ooh. park in a long You're time. You're going to need to go. It is surprisingly joyful. I do. <laughs> I do love a water slide, but I'm also a bigger fan of a lazy river. Okay. I, I love a lazy river. Do they have a lazy river? I think they might have. I clearly remember as a youth, we went to Phoenix to visit my aunt. Okay. And we stayed at this hotel that had, like, a water park that was, like, part of it. So I had, like, some slides, but it had a lazy river, and I was obsessed with it. <laughs> I was in my little tube sure. in the lazy river. Love a lazy river. I had my virgin pina colada. Num, num. And I was... Just milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was living my best life uh-huh. at, like, seven. Yes, I know. <laughs> I peaked. Too soon. <laughs> I peaked too soon. <laughs> yeah. I love a water slide because I used to love, well, I still do, roller coasters. But I'm starting to get old and it makes me feel a little sick. Mm, yeah. Also, those ones there are aggressive. Sometimes they get a little <laughs> rickety. I'm like, mm, don't I like, like this. I threw out my back on the wooden roller coaster. Ooh. And then the other one was so scary. It's the one where you just like, it backs you up and you're just like hanging, mm-hmm. looking at the ground. Mm-hmm. And it was really scary. No, thank you. My friend made me do it. I didn't want to. I do, I, I, <laughs> I do not like roller coasters or anything of that sort. I barely even like sitting at the window seat of an airplane. What? Are you an aisle, aisle gal? Uh, I am a forced middle. Mm, I usually am as well. Because, because I don't pay for my tickets. <laughs> I mean, because I Brian usually gets the window because he gets really cramped in the middle. So I give him mm. a, the... Um, window to like spread out a little bit mm-hmm. and then I take the the middle so I can be cramped strong I'm a window but if I'm gal. picking I usually do pick the window but then I'll like kind of close the window because I like to lay lean against yeah. the fuselage <laughs> so inside. fancy the inside of the fuselage the wall the wall I like to, I like to lean <laughs> against the wall yeah but to sleep I love a window seat I like to look out it yeah well, that's it. That's all I got. That's that. Is, that are the updates. That, that are the updates. <laughs> that are that are all. That are got. that are all the updates. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we are on the last week of women's history. Yes, month. girl. <laughs> nice one. Thank you. Uh, is yours a happy or a sad? Mine's a happy. Mine's a happy too. Ended it on a happy note. A happy note. A happy note. <laughs> Mine's pretty short. Mine's pretty long, I think. Okay. Do you want... Uh, that's, that's pretty long. Um, do you want me first? Do you want me to go first? Mine's pretty short. You go. Okay. I was inspired by watching the news this week. That's never happened to me. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just said I know. <laughs> like that's never happened to me. I know. I know. Um, we talk every day. We, we talk every day. Um, you don't watch the news. We've been over this. Um, I was inspired by the story that they did about a woman inventor and how yeah. in like a stat from 2020 was like only 13 percent of inventors in the United States are women. Interesting. And I was like, well, what have women invented? Great. That are like cool things that we use every single day yeah so i have a list of the things not all it's not all they've invented more things but (laughs) some of them were a little more boring like 
math equations Ugh, that I don't really cares. care about or like sciencey things. Some sciencey things are on here, mm-hmm. but like just, these were these are things that I thought we would care about. <laughs> was it you that showed me the commercial? Yeah, that also was an inspiration too. Okay, tell them. Yeah, so there's a co- there was a commercial that I think Ford did for International Women's Day. Yeah, and it was a. They, a men's, only, a men's car. only car, like the men's edition. Yeah. And it was like, it doesn't have certain features that I will go into because they're on the oh, list. Okay. And it, it's like, doesn't have this, doesn't have this, doesn't have any, like, by the end of it, he goes, what is going on? He goes, oh, this is everything that was invented by a woman is <laughs> like not on this car. Mirror yeah. And like things like that you definitely need. Yeah. Like, you know, for example... <laughs> The windscreen wiper. Oh, sure. The windshield wiper was invented by Mary Anderson. Good job, Mary. She invented the first functional windscreen wiper in 1903. Ooh. Um, two other inventors, Robert and John, also patented windscreen cleaning devices in the same year, but we're giving it to Mary. Yeah, we are. And then also, my favorite invention of cars. The radio? The heater. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Margaret Wilcox invented an imp- improved car heater which directed air from over the engine to warm the chilly toes of aristocratic <laughs> 19th century motorists. Oh, my little pigs. In 1893. Yeah, it was they cold had then heat too. In the car. It's cold then too. So yeah. Great. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Tell me more. Um I don't care. Uh oh, I should probably. There we go. Turned off the sound for my computer you. just in case somebody texts me randomly, like my mom. Um, so, other things that have been invented Tell me. by women. The life raft. Good one. So, in the late 1880s, Maria Beasley improved the design of the life raft. Mm-hmm. She made it float. Um, <laughs> she did. Sure did. Way to go. Um, she patented a life-saving raft in both the United States and England. Um, her raft uses a base of collapsible metal floats that is more mm. flexible and makes storage on board a ship easier, also including airtight containers to protect perishable provisions. Okay, good job. In her updated design, she makes it so the raft can be used reversibly with greater ease in case of accidental overturning by adjusting the surface of the metal floats and including an adjustable guardrail. So even if it flips over, you can still use the life raft. Genius. 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 Uh, I did not know this. Okay. Eunice Newton Foot. Nice. <laughs> Eunice. Newton Foot. Newton Foot. Okay. Was the first scientist to make the connection between the amount of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere mm-hmm. and climate change. When was that? Eight. 1856. Nobody listened to her. Nobody listened. (laughs) (laughs) She discovered the warming properties of carbon dioxide and the greenhouse effect in 1856. This is crazy. Eunice, she's off her rocker. Eunice. Um, People still don't believe her. She was able to submit her experiment and findings at the annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Sciences. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. just given the date, given the time, she She's was a woman. 
not able to be a member of the organization. So she had a Professor Joseph Henry of the Smithsonian Institute present Ooh, her findings. So, where do you go, Eunice? Thank you for saying it in 1856, and boo on everyone else for not listening. Now, 150 years. Uh, The square bottom paper bag. What was it before? It wasn't square. (laughs) Um, In 1868, Margaret Knight invented a machine that folded and glued flat bottom brown paper bags. Great one. I mean, I love a paper bag. Love a paper bag. Prefer it to plastic every time. I mean, I, yeah, I, I will say, I will say I use a plastic bag, like reuse it more than I do a paper mm. bag. Well, I put all my recycling in my paper, like the Trader Joe's ones, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I take those out to my recycling. <laughs> I do that too. I like a paper bag. I like a plastic bag. I can do either. I'm fine. They're both functional. They're both functional. They both do the job. (laughs) But thank you for Margaret for inventing the square bottom paper bag. Love it. Uh, In 1919, Alice Parker invented a system of gas-powered centralized heating. (gasps) We love the heat, us women. Her design was never built, um, but it was the first time an inventor had conceived of using natural gas to heat a personal home. Okay. Which inspired... Centralized heating. Love that. Way to go. Love a heat. Love a heat. I went so many years without it. <laughs> many, many, many years. <laughs> Maybe still currently. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody's sure. Nobody's sure. Am I frozen? Am I frozen? Am I? So this blanket will get a lot of use is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, wrinkle-free fiber. Hmm. Explain that to me. So... The wrinkle-free fiber is what is included in cotton okay. to make it not wrinkle. I've had some cotton wrinkle. But not like, you can unwrinkle it. Sure. So. The old. Yeah. <laughs> or like the downy spray, and sure. which is, if you don't have don't. the downy wrinkle release. Uh-huh. It actually works. I've seen. It actually works. I've seen a rumor, but I didn't trust it. it I use it too much. <laughs> You're never wrinkled. I've never seen you wrinkled. <laughs> Mostly because I hate folding clothes. Sure. So sometimes they still end, are in like a pile. I have two baskets. Yeah. Laundry baskets that I've been done for days. So, I mean, there's times where I'm like, you <laughs> know. I know cotton wrinkles. This, you know, shirt. Wrinkly. If it was wrinkly. Spritz, spritz. Do the old whip. Yeah. And then you kind of like flatten it out. Sure. No wrinkles. It's perfect. And it also has, like, a little deodorizer in it, too. Ooh, cute. So, like, if you're like, mm, this shirt could work another day. <laughs> or, mm, my jeans, I need to wear them one more day. Yeah, <laughs> jeans are tough. Got to wash them. You know you're supposed to put them in the freezer instead of washing them. That's insane. What? Yeah, that's real. I don't want to put cold pants on. I don't think you have to. I hate cold pants. Cold pants, cold hard pants. Are you kidding me? Pass. That's a cold hard pass. pass. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. Okay. It was invented by Ruth Benarito. Oh, that's a fun name. Yeah. So and she was. This invention was said to have saved the cotton industry. Huh. Because apparently wrinkles were still a problem, and it was it was in trouble. Such a big problem that 
people were going to stop wearing cotton. Wool was going to take over the world. Nobody likes wool. It's so itchy. Mm -hmm. It's very warm. Too itchy. Yeah, it's sweet. I have to have like I have to have like a base layer of cotton under the wool. (laughs) See, (laughs) cotton was never in trouble. Cotton was never in trouble. No, no. (laughs) Um. All right. I'm going to save my two favorites for last. Okay. Um. So Rosalind Franklin, she was a British micro molecular biologist. Okay. Who was instrumental in the discovery of the structure of deoxyribonucleic acid. (gasps) DNA. DNA. Good job, girl. Yeah. So she helped figure out the structure of DNA. It's a spirally It's a spirally thing. Spirally. uh, You take a ladder and you twist it. Yeah. It's a double, I think it's a double helix. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it. I like my ladder. I do. I like it. I just those, that's really the only sciencey thing I remember is is what DNA stand for and that it's a double helix. That's, that's all I know. You're you're smarter than a lot of people. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Nettie Stevens, the Nettie Pop. She is no. I wish that would be perfect. Um, she's credited with the discovery of sex chromosomes. So okay. like the XX XY sure. that piece of it is all her. Uh, and then a Francois mm-hmm. Barre Sunusi okay. and Luc Montagne. Um, they're French. See, oui. And either it's Francois or Luc. I'm not sure which one is the female, but it was on the list. So Francois. Fr- it's got to be Francois. It's got to be Francois. Um, they discovered HIV, which was the cause of AIDS. Which sad, but also to like discover it and be like, hey, wait a minute, this is what this is. Yeah, this is why people are sick. Is huge. Were they the ones that had sex with the monkey? Is that a rumor? I think it's a rumor. <laughs> How did AIDS start? I don't know. That's what I heard. I heard that too, but then I also heard it was a it was a rumor. Seems like a rumor. Feels like we should do a podcast episode on it. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> TBD. How diseases started. How diseases <laughs> April. Diseases April. Diseased April. <laughs> um, and to help with that, mm-hmm. um, Gertrude, Elon, Ellie, Elion, made a made foundational contributions to the develop, development of AZT, which is one of the first antiretroviral medications used in the prevention and treatment of AIDS. Great. Teamwork. So if you've ever seen Rent, which is a musical yes. and also a movie that I love, um, there's a line in this. There's a part where uh, she says she's taking AZT break because she's got to take oh, pills. And that's what it is. Okay. So now to my two favorite okay. inventions. Yay. Chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah, it was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> um, she invented the recipe during a period um, her name was Ruth Wakefield. Another Ruth. And she owned the Toll House Inn in Massachusetts. Oh, uh, she owned it. In this era, the Toll House Inn was a popular restaurant that featured home cooking. Oh, it's a restaurant. Um, the myth is that she accidentally oh. developed the cookie. Okay. Um, that she expected the chocolate chunks would melt making chocolate cookies. That's what I heard. That's not the case. 
Fine. Ruth said that she deliberately invented the cookie. Yeah, you would say that afterwards, Ruth. <laughs> she said that they had been serving a, serving a thin butterscotch nut cookie with ice cream, and mm, everybody seemed good. to love it, but she wanted to give them something different, so she came up with the Toll House chocolate chip cookie. All right. She added chopped up bits from a Nestle semi-sweet chocolate bar into the cookie. And there's my favorite cookie. The best cookie. The chocolate chip. The chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> what I rate any bakery on <laughs> yes. is their chocolate chip cookie. Yes, I do know this about you. Yeah. There's certain things I will rate a bake I will rate things off of. <laughs> chocolate chip cookie. Chocolate chip cookie at a bakery. Mm-hmm. Vanilla ice cream. Mm. Like if they can knock if they can do vanilla. Trust them for other I things. I trust them for other things. Okay. That's pretty much it. So there's two. There's two. <laughs> Oh, coffee shops, a vanilla latte. They mm. can nail a vanilla latte. A classic. Gotta just stick with the classics. Okay. And then the pizza saver. The pizza saver? The pizza saver. A plastic bag? No. Saran wrap? No. What? Saran wrap. <laughs> so this was invented in 1985 by a woman named Carmela Vitale oh, of Dix Hills, out New York. <laughs> Alex broke her nose. <laughs> <laughs> I touched my nose and it hurt really bad. Um, anyway, so a pizza saver is an object used to prevent the top of a food container, such as a pizza box, oh, from lid. collapsing at the center. Oh, the little table. It's the table. <laughs> it's also referred to as a pizza table, okay. a pizza stool, uh-huh. a pizza bone, Ooh. pizza chair. <laughs> Pizza lofter. Lofter? Package saver. I hardly know it. Pizza tripod. Or my favorite, the pizza ottoman. <laughs> you know, I've seen somebody put like a garlic knot yeah. in place of the chair. That's... Which is great because then you get to eat it. Yeah. That's what a lot of people are doing to like reduce plastics. Again, mm. turtle propaganda. Um, <laughs> to like take out the bit, bit of plastic because it's a single use Plastic. Sure. So it's a tiny table. What am I, an ant? Yeah. You're never gonna use it for anything. <laughs> no. Although I did read, like you can use people have used it for holding hard boiled eggs. Upside down. Yeah. Just flip it upside down, holds an egg. Never had a problem holding <laughs> hard boiled. They don't even break. Maybe if you're <laughs> storing it in your fridge for later. <laughs> what a weird thing to need. Little little egg chair. <laughs> Draw a little face on it. It's relaxing. Chilling. Uh, Okay. So, yeah. And I thought this was hilarious because there originally, in 1974, there was another patent um, by a man named Claudio, but he never renewed his patent. So, you know, Carmela swooped right in. She's like, Uh, actually, the pizza table is all me. Actually, the pizza table is all me. Um, (laughs) And he called it. The Seppi. Mm, worst name. Are you sure? No. Because. It separates? It means separador de pizza, <laughs> which I think is great. Or pizza separator. Sure. I put that together. Which also known as the guarda pizza. Guarda? Guarda pizza. Okay. He was Argentinian. So. Ooh, they like pizza down there. Apparently. Who knew? But yeah, like you said, they're now kind of the plastics going away. And some people are just doing like a garlic knot or like a ball of dough here in the middle. That. Here for I'm it. I'm here for it. 
Always. Or like a dip of some sort in the middle. Oh, sure. Like the, um, you know, also if you get like breadsticks, it's the little yeah. tomato sauce. You know who has the best breadsticks? Tell me. Like top tier fast food breadsticks. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. It will fight anyone who says differently. I'm trying to remember. Pizza are they Hut. the ones that are stuffed? It's nope, stuffed. they're just the long Ooh, stick. Like top tier. Sorry, boo. You're wrong. Well, uh, after this episode, we're going to fight. Uh, physically? Physically. Um, to the death. My nose already hurts, so. It'll be easy for me. <laughs> you take me down one flick. Your That's all you have to do, and then I'm down. Perfect. So, so that's it. Those are some things that were invented by women. Cool. Um, I'm going to talk about Andre de Jong. And <coughs> sorry, my surprise face made me choke. <laughs> uh, I I I don't know why this woman's not on some sort of currency. Or a flag, or just better well known to the general public, but is she fantastic? She's fantastic. Well, she didn't invent the chocolate cookie, so she didn't. But she saved a lot of people's lives. I read a book called *The Post Woman* Uh-hoo-hoo. by Michael Kenneth Smith, um, and it's like a historical fiction about her, but it's like very close based. Like, did she deliver mail? She delivered packages. <gasps> UPS, Amazon before Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andre de Jong, she, her nickname was Dee Dee, which means little mother, oh. was born in Belgium on November 30th in 1916. Her father was a school teacher, um, so she was well educated. It was, you know, a priority in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one story that really stuck with her as she was growing up. It was that of Edith Cavill. Edith, during World War One, she worked for the British Red Cross, and eventually, um, actually, the year before Dee Dee was born, she was shot by the Germans for helping two hundred soldiers escape oh. into the neutral Netherlands. So that was kind I was kind of kind of love the Netherlands for always staying staying neutral. <laughs> Couple us, <laughs> they love their wooden shoes and their peace. <laughs> I just don't want to be involved. I don't either. I did. Same. Um, anyway, so she grows up and she trains to be a nurse inspired by Edith. Um, and eventually she becomes a commercial artist, <gasps> which sounds fun. Girl. Um, but in Europe in the 1940s. Not a great time to be in Europe. Things are happening. Not. Okay. Sorry. Can I? Yeah. One second. I think I showed you this video. This TikTok where it was like some women on TikTok was like, I wish I could go back and oh, live yeah. in the 1940s. <laughs> and then it comes over. She goes, she's like, I am Jewish and I, I am German. <laughs> yeah, I do. That. Things would be difficult for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nobody wants to go back to the 40s. I'm sorry. No, not a single person. Terrible time. Terrible time. Uh, yes. So that's right. World War Two was happening. When the war started, um, Dee Dee quit her job and she moved to her parents' house. They were living in Brussels. So she moves in with them and she pretty quickly volunteers for the Red Cross as a nurse, helping allied soldiers. Um, quickly, the hospitals start filling with wounded British soldiers from Dunkirk. Ooh! Which I don't I've know seen the movie. Much about. It was really bad and then it was great and they, a bunch of people got rescued. I don't know. Yeah, there's a movie about it. Yep, I've 
I've heard of that. There's not a lot of talking in it, but... No wonder I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, So anyway... You kind of got to pay attention. The hospitals (laughs) were filled because of Dunkirk. Um, But then, I guess people get rescued from Dunkirk. Yeah. And then quickly, after that, the Nazis gained control of Belgium. Um, And both um, Dee Dee and her father, they were just, like, kind of disgusted at how quickly Belgium like just surrendered basically to the Germans Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of a lot of Belgians like considered it too fast like a premature surrender yeah could have held on held out a little bit hold on for a second Um, so not a fan of the Hitler after Dunkirk allied soldiers I don't think anybody is (laughs) well you'd be surprised (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh no uh, after Dunkirk allied soldiers took to the skies um, so the hospital beds became filled with downed airmen now trapped in Nazi-controlled Belgium. So um, even though it was like, you know, Nazi-occupied, they still had hospitals that, uh, you know, with like beds, basically a big empty room mm-hmm. for Allied soldiers. Mm-hmm. You've seen the movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's where Didi worked. Too many of them. Yes. Um, she was just like the nicest. She would even send letters to the soldiers' families, um, letting them know that they were alive still, um, and put it like through the Red Cross so nobody knew. Oh. Uh, German SS officers would come in once a week and determine if the soldiers were healed enough, um, and then they would like put a mark in their chart, and then the next day the Allied soldier would be shipped to a work camp in Germany. Mm. Um, which I've heard bad things about. I mean, Germans in camps are not really like, no, you know, they don't have a good a they summer. They don't have a great track record <laughs> for camps. Yeah. So if a soldier was like almost healed um, and the SS officers came around, she would kind of like try different tricks. For example, one English soldier, he had a bunch of shrapnel in his arm, but he was almost healed. And... The SS officers came, and so Dee Dee walks over to him, you know, pretending to do nurse stuff, mm-hmm. and, like, rubs this yellowish-red goop <laughs> on his <laughs> bandages, and whatever it was, like, the smell was so bad that the officers didn't even, like, look down to see if the person was okay, because mm. they smell awful. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably iodine. It was another dead person goop. Oh! <laughs> Not iodine, then. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, dead person goop. Yeah. But it did make it so that guy didn't have to go uh, to camp, German camp. But the problem is that that was just so temporary. Like, they'd be back next week. Yeah. Um, So, and then the Nazis would have, like, a well-trained, strong soldier that has been healed. Mm -hmm. So that's not good. No. Um, and there were also a lot of soldiers being shot down, like, not ending up in the hospital. Maybe they were able to deploy their parachute or they were able to, like, crash land safely enough. But now they're, like, alone or mm-hmm. maybe with, like, their five crew people mm-hmm. on enemy, enemy territory. Like, yeah. That's bad also. That's bad news bears. Yeah. So um, the same thing would happen if they were found. They'd get arrested and sent off to prison camps. So Dee Dee decides to take on this project single-handedly well with lots of help but she organized the solution for this mm-hmm. 
not the final solution. That's different. Yeah, that's, She's that's on our that's, team. That's a different solution. <laughs> uh, and she knows that a woman couldn't carry a gun or fly a bomber jet, but she could walk unnoticed, striding down the street in a wool coat and sensible shoes as if on her way to the market or a typist job, trailed quietly by two or three soldiers in disguise. Ooh. Okay, so Belgium. Just paint a geographical picture. Paint it. For us here. Um, so... It touches the English Channel okay. and the North Sea. Um, the bottom of Belgium is the... Wait. The bottom of Belgium is France. Okay. And then uh, the top is the Netherlands. And then the easternmost is Germany. That seems quite large, but again... I have to think that Europe is considered bringing the globe. Europe's small. Forget about a map. Bringing the globe. <laughs> it's, yeah, France is below it. Germany's next to it. Netherlands is on top of it. Okay. And then the English Channel. Got it. Okay. Is the other side. So, anyways. Um, so, Dee Dee's like, well, we can't go to Germany. That's obviously no good. That's out. <laughs> the Netherlands at that point had been overrun. Not an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but going the other direction, if we could get through France, which is obviously occupied, um, if you get through France to Spain, Spain is neutral. Okay. But pro-Nazi. And they got tapas. They got tapas, which we love. We love tapa. Um, and then, once they got to Spain, they could get to the bottom of Spain, which is Gibraltar, which is a... I hear they have a great rock. U.S. territory. I mean, U.S. U.K. territory. I hear there's a nice rock there. Yes. With tunnels in it. Ooh. Because of World War II. I've been there. Okay. So that's over a thousand miles, though, to travel to safety. Oh, geez. It's very risky, obviously. Um, Belgium, obviously, as I said, was occupied. But, and it's not like they had to cross, like, a tiny blip of France. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the as most, as big of a chunk of France as you could get. They had to cross France. All of France. All of France. Um, and then crossing the border into Spain was super dangerous, too, because the border is just filled with SS officers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then at the bottom of Spain, no, at the bottom of France, top of Spain, there's a giant mountain range called the Pyrenees Mountains that Heard they would have to cross on foot. So... Didi's like, oh, it doesn't really matter. I'm going to do something about it. So she starts spreading the word and getting volunteers mm-hmm. um, all the way from Belgium to Spain. And she finds, finds safe houses with, like, little hidey holes in it. Ooh. Um, and she is just, like, she finds guides to go over the mountains. And she finds people who can forge documents and people can, that can offer, like, clothing so the soldiers don't wear their uniforms the whole time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also need food and shoes and train tickets and bikes. It was a huge production. Yeah. Um, and there was such a big risk for everybody involved. Like, there, if there, an SS officer found out, like, the, uh, they would try and fake being a downed allied soldier. Mm. And... <laughs> If they were successful at faking it, they said that it was, like, really obvious every time that they were SS officers. But 
you know, anyone that they came across, they would just get shot immediately. Yeah. That was part of the system. And the system, by the way, was called the Comet Line. Oh. Which is fun. So on July 1941, um, Dee Dee and 10 Belgian men and a Belgian secret agent attempt their first crossing into Spain. Um, and they did it. Woo. They, but after they crossed the border into neutral Spain, Dee Dee's like, okay, cool. Like, success. I'm going back to Belgium. Mm-hmm. Get yourselves to. Yeah, you figure out the rest of the way. I got you here. Ready to go. Um, but then the Belgians were arrested by the Spanish police mm. um, and turned over to Germany. Oopsies. Um, and then some of them were jailed and fined. Some of them were shipped off to camp. So Dee Dee's like, well, that didn't actually work. Yeah. Spain, turns out, is kind of bad, too. So she gets MI9 on the horn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She, she contacted them somehow. Um, MI9 is the intelligence branch set up to bring home stranded servicemen from occupied territory. So she's like, hey, listen, we're doing all your dirty work. Get James Bond in here. dangerous. <laughs> I think that's MI6. It is, yes. Uh, we're organizing and risking all of our lives so that you can have your soldiers back. Um, already trained soldiers at that. The least you can do is meet us halfway through Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and also pay for the train tickets and the false yeah, papers yeah, and the guides. There's a whole production. There's a lot of money. all of it for you. And I make a nurse's salary. <laughs> I don't think she was a nurse anymore. She had to, This is a lot of organization. It's a lot of things for someone who might not be a nurse anymore. She's 24. Still. So yeah. Anyway, so uh, also training new and replacement air crews was expensive and time consuming. So um, rescuing the airmen down in occupied Europe was a priority to MI9, and they pretty quickly uh, agreed to help the Comet Line out. So the plan for the soldiers was to meet the Comet Line at the British consulate in it's like by near San Sebastian in Spain. Mm. And from there, they get British assistance back to Gibraltar and then home from there, and they'd foot the bill. Yeah. Uh, and so that was the plan now. Um, and now that it's official, everybody gets code names, which is exciting. I love, I love a code name. I know. <laughs> I used to give people code names all the time. <laughs> so I could talk about them uh-huh. almost in front of them. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's uh, great. Okay, so since uh, Dee Dee was delivering packages, mm-hmm. she, they Amazon. she should be called the postman. Oh. And she's like, how about postwoman? Although, yes, Dee Dee. Yes. Yes, Dee Dee. But also, you'd probably be more sneaky if you were the postman. <laughs> That's true. They'd be looking for a man. <laughs> but that was her code name. Um, and she was also very clear that the extent of the military's involvement with the comment line was like, they're just paying the bills and meeting us in San Sebastian. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was any more official, there would be red tape. Yeah. They'd have more influence. Um, and they wanted to give them radios so that they could communicate easier. Mm. But that's, like, so easy to just change your little German channel and pick up yes. on So she definitely didn't want that. Um, and she's the one risking her, her life. Like, she didn't want their politics involved. Mm-hmm. So... They were giving financial assistance, but they maintained their operational independence. Okay. Great. 
Um, so she's 24, like I said, in the 40s, mm-hmm. bossing around all these soldiers. Love it. And people said she looked like a teenager. Like she was young, tiny, cute, and nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and no, no one would expect that she could pull this off. Like she was hidden in plain sight, basically. Love it. Um, so, okay, so the Comet line becomes a well-oiled machine, and it had three nerve centers, Brussels, Paris, and southwestern France. Mm-hmm. In Brussels, the airmen were found by volunteers and led to a safe house. Like, they had people just basically watching the skies, and they see if a plane's going down or they see a parachute, they'd run and try and get to them before... The Nazis? The Germans could, yeah, mm-hmm. the Nazis, I guess. Um and then they would sneak them away into a safe house. They would feed them, give them civilian clothes, give them false identity papers, and then hide them basically in attics or cellars, people's homes for sometimes weeks at a time until the next phase mm. was available. Um, and the, the, the first, at first, the comment leader in Belgium was Didi's father, Frederick. Frederick? His code name. Are you ready? Yeah, we're so ready. It's Paul. No! <laughs> Isn't that so amazing? Just code a- name Paul. <laughs> it's not a code name. It's just, it's just a, name. a different name. <laughs> Paul. Paul. I can't. They probably were like, "What would you like your code name to be?" And he's like, "Paul." <laughs> and they're like. Okay. I <laughs> you know what I hear about Pauls. They're all heroes. I hear a lot of good about Pauls. <laughs> Anyways. God bless the Paul. It got too hot for Paul eventually in Belgium. So he left and he went to Paris, which is where Didi was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he handed the ranks over in Belgium to a new line leader named Jean Gerndel. Nailed it. Nemo. Oh, I was going to say Paul too. <laughs> He was 36 years old, and he was a director of a charity called the Swedish Canteen. So I think he used that as a cover. Mm-hmm. Um, Nemo organized a system for collecting the ever-increasing number of airmen throughout Belgium and preparing them for escape. So Nemo would take them from Brussels to Paris with the help of his guide called André Dumont, mm-hmm. codenamed Nadine. Mm-hmm. She was 19. And she was eventually arrested in 1942, but she survived the war and wrote a book about her experience. It's in French, so I can't name it, but I bet it's pretty cool. If you can read French. If you can read French. André Dumont? Uh, Look it up. Anyways, so that's how they got to Paris. Basically, Nemo and André Dumont snuck them there. Um, And then when they got to Paris... Dee Dee and Paul would take over. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they would provide safe houses and new false documents. And then they would escort them, uh, mostly Dee Dee, would take them herself to south- southwestern France by train. Mm. And then uh, when the men first met Dee Dee, they saw that she was the brains of the operation and she was going to escort them like over the the mountains, the most physically demanding part. Yeah. Um, they were just like, okay, what? <laughs> and she would like introduce herself. And there was one, um, 
Australian airman that is quoted as saying, our lives are going to depend on a schoolgirl. <laughs> Typical Aussie. <laughs> so she would give them lessons before they left on invisibility to the men traveling with her. Um, they were to walk at least 15 feet behind her at all times um, on the street and in train stations from Paris. In public, they were to never speak. Not to her, not to another, not to anybody. If the airman had a friendly face, um, that might, like, someone might want to, you know, just talk to. She would give them a copy of a French newspaper and instructions to just keep your nose in it, basically. (laughs) (laughs) It's like the old-fashioned put your headphones in. Yeah. To others, she gave oranges that they would just, like, peel, you know, with, like, nervous Mm -hmm. hands peel. Um, and just so like nobody really spoke because if they said anything, they have British yeah. or Australian, you know, English speaking accents, it's going to be a dead giveaway mm-hmm. who they are. Yeah. So when they get to Southwestern France, they would meet a Basque guide who would escort them, including Didi over the Pyrenees mountains using the smugglers route Ooh. into Spain. They would take bicycles as far as they could until they had to cross the remaining mountain pass on foot. Then when uh, they finally made it to Spain, they would go to San Sebastian. A car from the British consulate would meet the airmen and drive them to Madrid, onward to Gibraltar, where they'd be flown back to Britain. Can you imagine? No. Let's just think about this for a second. I mean, you saw me the last time I ever went on a hike. I wasn't wasn't crossing mountains. People weren't actively hunting us either. Were they? (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you, but I saw the look in Bruce's eyes. (laughs) All right. So, and then when she... Bruce is an otter, just to fill everybody in. It's not an actual person. We were fine. (laughs) We were in no danger. Uh, So, once she drops him off in San Sebastian, she walks back over those stupid mountains and takes the train back to Paris where she'd meet the next group of men uh, that she was meant to help escape. She took this trip 24 of the 33 times that men were escorted on this route, which means she climbed the mountain there and back. That equals 48 times. (laughs) I can't. Nope. I won't. I'm not going to. Uh, Didi would personally escort 118 people to freedom in Spain. Uh, she would like have to pep talk these. Let's go, everybody! Over the mountain, and she was like kicking their butt the whole way. Um, MI officer Erin Nieve described uh, Didi as one of our greatest agents. So why did she stop after 33 times? Well. Because on her 33rd run in January 1943, she and the people that she were with were arrested. Oh, no! In France before they could go over the mountains. They were at their last stop in, like, a safe house. Um, and they were about... They were going to go over the Pyrenees Mountains, but at the very end of the hike, mm-hmm. there was... There's a river, um, the... Bidasoa River, mm-hmm. which is basically the border of France and Spain, and it had been raining a lot, mm-hmm. and so the river was too high to cross. Uh, so they had to stay in the safe house for another day. Um, and her and the three airmen were in one house. Um, her Basque guide, Florentino, who, by the way, 
he was a smuggler and he was wanted in both France and Spain. Oh, okay. Uh, he was in a different house, thankfully. But the next morning, 10 German soldiers just bust into the safe house and arrest um, Didi and the three airmen and also the owner of the house. They had been betrayed most likely by a farm worker oh. named Danto. <laughs> Danto? Who Didi never trusted. But that's just Never possible. trust Danto. So Didi was arrested. She was interrogated by the Gestapo. The Gestapo. Such a fun word to say. Um, they were trying to get her to spill who the leader of the comment line was. She's like, me. They're like, no, really. <laughs> After a while, her 20th time being interrogated, uh, she was like, fine, fine, it's me. I'm the one. The mm-hmm. whole thing was my idea from the start. Like, hi, it's me. I'm not the problem. I'm the genius. Yeah. <laughs> it's me. Um, because she had caught wind that Paul, her dad, was like, found out that she was arrested mm-hmm. and he was going to basically tell them that he was the leader uh, to save her. Paul. I know. Of course a Paul does Of that. course a Paul does that. And so she gets word that that's going to happen and she's like, no, it was me. Mm. And they're like, no, okay. <laughs> Good joke. And they said, quote, don't be ridiculous. Unquote. They're like, yeah, right. Who really is sure, it? Sure, 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 sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, what's lady. his name? <laughs> what's his name? <laughs> and he didn't believe her. Uh, she was just a tiny girl. Yeah. Like, there's no way. No. Uh, and since they didn't believe her, they didn't execute her. And, like, for the first time ever, being a woman saved her life. <laughs> I mean, way to go. Saved a woman's life. <laughs> But she was sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp, which was not a good time either. You know. But she was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, they figured out that it was her. <laughs> oh, wait. She was telling the truth. Women <laughs> can do things, too. What? And they searched for her, but she's like, new phone, who dis? Yeah. <laughs> and she, you know, people died every day in the concentration camp. So she, like, did the old switcheroo. Oh, Because she wasn't... Um, she wasn't Jewish. She mm-hmm. wasn't a Jewish person. They didn't tattoo her. They, like, stitched the number onto her shirt oh, somehow. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, like, the person knew that they were dying. And in the book, they um, sacrificed themselves, basically. Oh. It was really sad. Yeah. But, um, and so they switched numbers. And so they didn't get her. They didn't know it was her. Sneaky. Um... So they never found her. Uh, her father wasn't as fortunate. However, he was um, shot in 1943 by a German firing squad. Mm. Uh, Dee Dee and Paul, though, they'd set up a really great network. Um, and it continued in their absence. And it helped over 700 Allied soldiers reach safety during the war. A bunch of other people in the network were also arrested. And some were killed for their roles in the comment line. Mm. Um but they did save a bunch of people. In April 1945, advancing allies liberated Ravensbrück concentration camp. Um, and ill and undernourished, undernourished Didi was released. <gasps> Didi! She lived! Did After the war, she finished her nursing studies and worked in leprosariums, mm. which is a nice word for leper colony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she 
first worked in the Belgian Congo, um, but then they gained independence, so she went to Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was in e- Ethiopia, her mother became gravely ill, and just the British people held her in such high regard mm-hmm. that they sent the Air, the Royal Air Force to come pick her up from Ethiopia, take her to Belgium to say goodbye to her mom, and then took her back. Like, I feel like that's a big deal. Yeah. Eventually, she moved back to Belgium, um, and it was there at the age of 90 that she died on October 13th, 2007. She died in 2007? She was 90. Didi was awarded the Medal of Freedom with Golden Palms Ooh. by the United States. The British George Medal. Named after King George. King George IV gave it to her. Oh. Uh, and she became Chevalier, which I'm not sure what that means, oh. of the French Legion of Honor. She was granted the honorary rank of Lieutenant Colonel by the Belgian Army, and in 1985, she was made a Countess of the Belgian Nobility by King Baudouin. And that's all. And there is a poem, a code poem for the French Resistance that I thought was kind of beautiful. It doesn't really rhyme because it was written in French originally, but... You know, it rhymed in French. Yes. The life that I have is all that I have, and the life that I have is yours. The love that I have of the life that I have is yours and yours and yours. A sleep I shall have, a rest I shall have, yet death will be put upon... Death will be but a pause, for the peace of my years in the long green grass will be yours and yours and yours. That's very sweet. That's all. Isn't that? She's incredible. Why is there not a movie made about her? Right? Okay. My sister texted me last night and she's like, I had a dream that I met Lin-Manuel and I was really excited for us all to be friends. (laughs) And I've been like obsessed with this woman all week. Lin-Manuel, get on it. I was like, tell him to write a movie about her. In your your dream. (laughs) Bring him back. (laughs) I know. I think she's incredible. I don't know. I wish wish she was more well known. And I guess the book The Nightingale is pretty popular i think it was like in 2015 it was written Mm. or something and it's like loosely loosely based Uh, on her Um, but still they've done so many they do so many movies about world war ii Mm -hmm. so i've seen i think all of them um (laughs) yeah and she she got like uh marriage proposals after everybody found out that she had lived Uh from like all the soldiers that she helped save and she never ended up actually getting married or having oh. any kids, but yeah, at the time, people obviously knew who she was. Yeah, but it just makes me sad. You need to make a movie She's about so her. So amazing, yeah. Make Lin Manuel. Lin Manuel, get on it. Do it. You need a musical. All right, I'm not sure if I finished on this. Day. There wasn't that many. Uh, I don't okay. have a lot. Is it the 28th? I'm pretty sure that's what I did. Okay, great. Um, on this day, yes. 1794. Yes. The Louvre opens to the public. Oh, wee wee. Although it had been officially opened since August. So, I don't know why. Only to the Only to the elite and the The artists. Fancy people. (laughs) 1866, the first ambulance goes into service. Wee wee. (laughs) Wee wee wee. Wee wee wee. Um, 1881, (laughs) 
Greatest Show on Earth, formed by P.T. Barnum and James Anthony Bailey. Also a great it's movie. Formed. That one. I might have missed the last one, but it's formed. Love the movie. Love. Big fan of the movie. He was actually a terrible person, though. He was. <laughs> but the movie's great. The movie's great. Uh, 1930, Turkish cities Constantinople and Angora changed their names to Istanbul and Ankara. Ankara. Love a rebrand. Because only reason I know that is because of a song from a cartoon <laughs> called Tiny Tunes where they sang Istanbul, not Constantinople. No, you can't go back to Istanbul. It's Constantinople or something like that. It's something about Istanbul and Constantinople. It's a whole song. I didn't know they were the same place. I've definitely I heard of both of them. But. I did either. But I knew the song. Great. Apparently not very well. <laughs> And then, oh, 1944, Astrid Lindgren sprains her ankle. Ouch. <laughs> Poor thing. Which led her to write <laughs> Pippi Longstocking. Oh, because she's clumsy. Because she's clumsy. And she's, Is Pippi Longstocking's clumsy? She, What's she's her sprain, deal? I think she's always getting into, like, stuff. Mischief? I don't know. But if Astrid never sprained her ankle, we would never have I Pippi Longstocking. I feel like we would have. She would have gone through a slump and been on the couch. Maybe. <laughs> We all have those. I'm currently in life. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> going right on now. three years. <laughs> Shoot, should I start writing? How I forget about we my... We started hand. a podcast. We did this. We did. We did something. Um, and 2009, the first case of H1N1 swine flu Yay. in the United States occur in two people in California. How did that start? Swines? I don't know. I think it was. I think that's why they call it swine flu. From eating a swine or from... Getting it with a swine. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's it. 1885. Ooh. The U.S. Salvation Army oh. is officially organized. 1910, the first seaplane in history takes off. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been on a seaplane? No. Me neither. Always wanted to. I'm going to. Yeah. I might. I'm going to this summer. Because... Yeah. <laughs> um, 1963, Alfred Hitchcock's movie *The Birds* Ooh. was released. Is that what started your fear of birds? No. Okay. Never seen that. Okay. I wasn't born in '63. <laughs> I just don't like birds. Okay. I don't trust them. Well, I don't either. They've got beady eyes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 1979, an automatic valve mistakenly closed at Three Mile Island nuclear power plant <gasps> near Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oopsie. Culminating in radioactive leakage. Yeah. Oops. Have you seen that? Oopsie poops. Documentary on Netflix? No. It's pretty good. Great. And 2022. Thank you for caring. <laughs> 2022, Will Smith. Issues an apology on oh, Instagram to Oscar's host Rick, 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 Chris, <laughs> Chris Rock for slapping him on stage during the ceremony. Have you seen? Uh, no, Have Chris you? Rock's. We watched it when it was live. Because so they so Netflix did live streaming of oh, it. Oh, I didn't know that. So on the day you could watch it like uh-huh. live, and they have it now recorded, so you can watch it at any time. Um, he spends honestly the last like ten minutes of uh-huh. his show just talking about that. Was it funny? It was. It was funny. He said some things that I'm like, yeah, that makes a whole bunch of sense. 
Um, I didn't disagree with him on anything, but you could tell he'd been like holding all of this back. Yeah. Like he'd been holding it back and then he just let it (laughs) open. That's the way to do it. Yeah. And he was, yeah. At the very end, he did do a mic drop, (laughs) which I was like, got to. Got to. (laughs) All right. You have any RPs? Uh, I got a few. Okay. Uh, 1584, Ivan the Terrible, Grand Prince of Moscow. And the first Tsar of Russia. He was pretty great. Died of a stroke <laughs> while playing chess. Oh. <laughs> that's not nice to laugh, but that's... It's one way to go. One way to go. It's one way to go. <laughs> stroke a from stro- chess. While playing chess. I thought I'm chess was supposed to be... completely still. I thought chess was supposed to be calming. <laughs> no, it's infuriating. Yeah, I've never played. Don't start. Okay. <laughs> uh, 1941, Virginia Woolf. Woof, woof. Woof, woof. Uh, 1969, Dwight D. Eisenhower, the 34th president of the United States and World War II general. He did it. And then... He croaked. Ni- he croaked. <laughs> he, sure, he sure died. Um, and then 1987, Maria Augusta von Trapp, the Austrian singer who inspired The Sound of Music. Oh, I love that movie. Who doesn't love that movie? It's a good I, one. I, haven't, I don't see it, it or watch up. it very often, but... Holds up. It's good. Okay, those are the only ones I had too. Perfect. HBD. Uh, HBD, 19, nope, 1483. Ooh. The Ninja Turtle, a.k.a. the Italian painter Raphael. Sure, is it the Ninja Turtle? <laughs> HBD. 1955, Reba McIntyre. Yeah. Single mom works two jobs, loves her kids, and never stops. <laughs> Gentle hands and a heart of a fighter. <laughs> She's still going. She's survivor. She's <laughs> That one was for yeah, McKenna. That was great. That was great. Thank you. 1968, Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless. A.K.A. Xena, the warrior princess. The warrior princess. 1970, Vince Vaughn. Do love Vince Vaughn. 1981, Julia Stiles. Mm-hmm. 1986, Stefani Joanne Angelina Garamata. A.K.A. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. <laughs> That's all. Wow. I'm, I am, Uh-oh, again. Is there a big one I missed? Shocked. Dang it. Tell me. This isn't the one, but. Um, 1948, Diane West, also known as the mom from The Birdcage, which is one of my, f- have you never seen The Birdcage? No. I don't like birds. <laughs> it has nothing to do with birds. Why did they name it a birdcage? Because it's named after a French movie called La Cage aux Fowls or something like that? Foul. Anyway, f- f- Follet or something, I don't know. It is my fa- like my favorite movie of all time. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's got Robin Williams, Nathan Lane. Robin Williams owns a, is plays the owner of a uh, like drag show in Miami Beach, Florida, I'm and interested. Nathan Lane is his husband slash the star of the show. Oh my gosh. And their, his son um gets engaged to the daughter of like a congressman out of Florida, okay. like super Republican yeah. congressman. And so then that's like meeting the parents. <laughs> it's it's my favorite movie of all time. Huh. You have to I watch will. you have to watch it. I will. It's great. Um nineteen sixty-six, Cheryl James, aka Salt of Salt and Peppa. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> oh. oh, I missed you dancing dates. I do. I haven't done a dancing date in a long time. It's kind of 
And this is the one oh, I am Marty's just pointing to myself. Our boy. Which one? Jonathan Van Ness. Oh, Jonathan Van Ness. JVN. We love. We love. You've missed two of the queer eye guys. I know. Why aren't they showing up? I'm the one who hasn't seen the show. You've what? Wa- I've never watched you it. You have two. No, I haven't. I swear you have. No, I've watched like one episode. That was it. One episode with you and Caleb. That was the only time I've ever seen Me queer eye. Caleb? That was, had to have been forever ago. I think it was like the first season or something. <sighs> well... I'll watch your movie if you watch that. Okay. You didn't immediately fall in love after watching an episode? Ah. Hmm. So I watched the original Queer Eye. I didn't. Like the OG Queer Eye for where it was was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I I just didn't. All right. Well. I'm on Below Deck. I gotta I gotta finish Below Deck. Sure. You're almost there. Before I'm almost there. I've got one more season of Sailing Yacht. And then I've got Down Under and Adventure. Mm-hmm. So, Which Down Under only has two seasons, I think. And which, Adventure only has one. I can get through that pretty quickly. Adventure. Yeah. Adventure. Okay. That's it. Love you, mean it. Bye. Bye. Bye.